God is good. Uh, one thing I did, the one thing I did like about that, they give you this little button. It's room service. You just press this thing. And well, I want to get one. Of my, I want to get one in my house. See, you know. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned that from Jim. Yeah, but God is good, and um, so my uh, blood pressure was really high, and that's why I ended up in the hospital. But uh, it's still. I'm going to ask for prayer later at the end of service. Um, but you know, would like prayer to continue because it's still high, even though they've upped it and stuff. Still high. Still need to get it under control. So, I, you know, but I thank God. You know, I'm here. It was a hundred elevated like crazy, you know. Um, but uh, God takes care of us. Amen. It's good to be here. I want to be here for a while. You know. Amen. Amen. Paul said. Not that Paul, the other Paul. Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. It was almost like Paul was crying out that I may know him and I want to know the power of his resurrection and I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. Now, when he prayed for the fellowship of his suffering, I don't think he was saying, God, put me through all that suffering. He wasn't saying that. But he was saying, I want to I want to understand, Lord, all that you went through and all that that really means to me. Paul was a hungry man. He said that I want to know you. You want to know God, Paul? You're the man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? That's right. He wanted to know God. Because it's one thing knowing the word, some things. It's another thing of knowing God. Amen. I titled the message today, The Written and the Living Word of God. Okay. And I want to talk about how they are related to each other. The written word of God, your Bibles, and the living word of God, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to start with Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4. This is an amazing few verses that the writer here uh, puts so that we can understand, to really understand God's recipe, you could say, for life, his recipe for health are in these verses. It's amazing three verses here. When when you see, when we read them, and you see the emphasis of where our focus is. These verses do it like no other verses do it in the Bible. Amen? Because remember, we've talked many times about focus, what we're focused on. My son... Attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. 
Why? For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Amazing, amazing scripture showing us the focus of our eyes, of our ears, of our heart, of giving attention to God. Because, see, it's, it's about us learning how to give our hearts in our ears and our attention to God. And it's through that that God begins to really teach us. Two things that are very important to man, two things that man strive for, is life and health. People want to live, okay? People don't want to die. Normally, people don't want to die unless they're in such a bad state they have other thoughts. But it's something inside of man that wants to live. And usually you can find that if you're ready to die. You forget that that realization. I wasn't thinking that this week. I wasn't. But, but you know, it, it, those two things are very important for God. But all things, all life comes through the word. All life comes through the word. But the written word, there's the written word and the living word. All life comes to us through the living word, Jesus Christ. It's all about him. Without him, there is no life. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other religions. There's no other name where man can be saved but through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father makes it very important to him that we must honor the Son as we honor the Father. When God the Father looks down, it's so very important how much that we honor his Son because he is the only begotten Son of God. He is the one who laid his life down for us. He's the one that went to the cross He went to the cross so we wouldn't have to. He died so we didn't have to. That's no small thing, what Jesus did for us. Because without Jesus doing that, to get to life, we would have to die. We'd have to be crucified. We'd have to whatever. But there was no other way. And really, we couldn't do it. We can't do it. It had to be. A perfect lamb. It had to, you could only sacrifice a perfect lamb. So we couldn't even do it if if we died or, or we were put up and crucified. We couldn't even do it. But Jesus went through that suffering for us. Because that was the only way that we could find life. The only way that we could come to the light of, of life was through Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus, none of us would be in this place today, and we would all be in a worse place today. And we'd all be in a terrible place today, not knowing him. Because without him, we're living in death. Well, we're not living in death. We're, I guess we're lying in death without him. So he is the living word. He is the one that we receive all our life comes through that tree, that stem, that one, Jesus Christ. Okay? Amen? Amen. He's so good, okay? But the written word is given to us 
The written word is so very important because the written word is what reveals him to us. Okay? Jesus is the living word that life comes through. Next scripture, Tony. In the beginning was the word. You notice it's capitalized because it's talking about Jesus. In the beginning was the word. And the word Jesus was with God. And the word, which is Jesus, was God. The same, this Jesus, was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him, nothing, not anything, was not anything made that was made. Look to the right of the paper. I'm right this time. And the word, Jesus, was made flesh, came into the world and was made flesh. And he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of face and truth. You look from these verses, Jesus is the living word of God. You know, we don't want to fall in love with our Bibles. When I say that, looking for life in the Bible. We want to love the Bible. We want to love what it has to say. We want to love the word of God because it's the word of God. It's the truth of God. Okay? And we, we want to love the word in that sense. But we want to have a relationship, not with the word, but the true word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is real. He's more real than we are in this place today. And the reality of the word of God, the more that we love the word, and the more we get into the word, the more the word reveals who he is, and he becomes more real to us. That's the importance of the word. Next scripture, Tony. Jesus said, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come, I am come, that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Life, life, life is in Jesus. What did Proverbs 4 say? Say, they are life to those that find them. They are life. See, it's so important. Now, you know, back in Proverbs, talking about the written word of God, how, how important it is. But when we understand today, really, that word is talking about Jesus, the Christ. Okay? That word, the living word. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and have it life more abundantly. That's the reason that Jesus came. He came to bring us life. We were dead. The Bible says we were dead in iniquity. But he came to bring us life. Look at the difference between a dead body, a literal dead body laying there, and a a live person standing next to it. It's night and day, isn't it? There's nothing in that person. It's the same way with us, life and the life of God and death. They're both real. 
but the life of God is 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 what Jesus brought into the world. He brought life to us. Like he came and he breathed into us life. Jesus didn't come to bring us rules. Jesus didn't come to bring us regulations. He came to bring us life. Came to bring us life. That's why outside of him, there is no life. Back in Proverbs, it said to attend to my words. Attend to my words. Again, Jesus is the living word. The written word is to reveal the the living word. And to show us who he is, how he is, his works, everything else. The written words unveil Christ to us. And when we look at that, it just it, it unveils Christ. And what does it mean? It means like having a veil over our eyes. The written word begins to lift a veil, and we get to see in a clear picture who Jesus really is. Amen? Amen? But, you know, it's interesting. It's especially in the epistles is where we really come to understand about Jesus and what he did. Okay? If just imagine now, I know we've written about we've read the Bible many times, but just imagine if you've read the Old Testament and then you read the four gospels. There's a lot, there's a lot that we wouldn't know about what Jesus did. Okay? The gospels they reveal the history and life and the works of Jesus. But we need to go further than the four Gospels to find out and understand why he died. Okay? The Gospels, um, remember the Gospels, the disciples were still looking and saying, Lord, are you going to, is this, you going to, you know, raise up the, you know, the kingdom of God in Israel? Remember, they were talking about that, the kingdom of you know, Evan, they were thinking that God's kingdom, his glory was going to come back to Israel. They were looking for that kind of kingdom. And that wasn't what they were doing. That's not what God was doing. But they didn't, there was a lot of things they still didn't understand, even in the times of the gospel. But we needed the epistles. We needed the epistles to understand what, to really understand what Jesus did. If we don't understand what his blood meant, if we don't really understand what that meant to us, the new creation and all of that, we would be a people here pretty blinded by a lot of stuff. Okay? We'd have a history of Jesus and we have a history that he says he loves us and we, you know, and a few things like that. But but we really wouldn't understand what that really meant for us. It's important to know what it means to us. It's important to know what he did and how what happens in our life, how free we really are, what he really did. For example, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Did I give you that? Yeah. Paul says, for he, God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's not in the Gospels. That's in the epistles. And if we didn't have the written word, the epistles, we wouldn't understand that understanding that, wow, he was made sin for us. 
And I mean the righteousness of God. You know, if I know I'd probably be still walking around, baiting myself, feeling like, you know, crap, like what a lousy person I am, a lousy sinner I am. But because of the written word, for he made him, Jesus, to be made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. And you know when I was made the righteousness of God in Christ? When Jesus came into my life and I received that offering and I'm walking around as the righteousness of God. What does that mean? It means I am right with God. I'm right with God. When I mess up tomorrow, because I probably will, I'm right with God. He gave me that. Jesus took all my sin. Not just my past, not just my present, but even my future. See the importance of knowing the, the written word, how important it is. Because of the written word, we can relate to the living word and in what he did for us. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. If we didn't know if this wasn't written, we wouldn't know that we were redeemed from the curse of the law. The Bible doesn't say we even got redeemed from sin. Okay? But we got redeemed from the curse of the law. Okay? And what is the curse of the law? We just have to go back to the law and check it out. But basically, the curse of the law was spiritual death, poverty, and sickness. Three, the three, three big ones under the curse of law. But we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know these things if we didn't have the written word that clarifies the living word. Amen. So important. Another one is is in uh, Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Written in Romans, written in the epistles. So very important. But going back to Proverbs again, attend to my word. Incline thine ear. If we want to, if we really want to experience God's good, the greater things of God, we want to attend to his words. We want to incline thine ears. We want to attend to God's word. Make, make God's word important to you. You know, I, I, I one thing I really, I, I never heard, I don't, can't remember hearing this before, but Bishop mentions it mentioned it or he mentioned that uh, Kenneth Hagin said whenever you write, read the word take that word and, re, and and reveal look at it and read it for the purpose of it affecting your own life don't get that word so I got something to preach or don't don't read that word or something so I can share with some just to share with somebody but when we sit down with the word of God reverently look at it and say, God, teach me. Oh, reveal, reveal to me. I want to know the living God. And that was good. You know, it's good for me because, you know what I mean? As I'd be reading the word, I'm looking for a message. You know what I mean? As a pastor and stuff like that. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing that now. I'm not reading the word to, because I need to find a message. For I'm just reading the word. God, you know what I mean? God, change me. Affect my life. 
the living word, affect me. But we want to give God our undivided attention. Incline thine ears. I mean, incline thine eyes under my sayings and, okay, and, and, you know, incline my ears to what you're saying, God, and close my ears to everything else. Makes a difference. Makes a big difference in our problem situations and healings when we listen to God's word and not everybody else. Okay? Listen to God's word, what God says. If if someone is saying something that's contradicting what God is saying, don't listen to that. Incline thine ears under what God's saying, what God is saying to us. Amen? Because God's word will free us. In John 17, 17, Jesus said, uh, as he was praying to God, sanctify them. Set them apart, Lord. Through thy truth, thy word is truth. Next verse. I mean, next uh, scripture. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. We're never going to know the greatness of the freedom, the life, the truth. Without God's word. We're never going to really know, you know what I mean, the, how much it is without, without knowing what God has to say about it. But Jesus is called the word of God. He is the living word. The written word is to bring us into understanding and bring us to the living word. Because the living word is what changes us. Amen. To be born again. We must receive him, and then we can get to know him personally and to get acquainted with him. We must know him. Okay, we come to know him we, is by being born again, coming to know him, allowing him into our lives. We need to come. Everyone needs to come to a personal knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ personally in their own lives. But it's, as I said, it's also necessary to know the written word. Can't know the living word. Uh, can't know the living word very well without the written word. You can know some things, but to really know God, what he's got for us, it's like the, like the word of God is like a treasure. And in that treasure, what, typically when you've got a treasure, you've got to go searching for treasure. It's usually not laid out right there. But the Bible is like a treasure book. And we go looking in there. Oh, you know, if if so, you know, if uh, I said to you, listen, everybody, inside that next room over there, there's buried, not buried, can't buried. There's no dirt in there, but there's some gold coins, gold coins. I put in that room fifty gold coins. How much they're worth an ounce? I don't know. But if each coin's probably worth a thousand dollars, I don't know the price of gold right now. But if I said, "Man, I I put fifty of them in there, and you're all allowed to go in there, and whatever you find is yours," the first thing I would do is jump. No, I'd probably dive out of the way. Because you, everybody would be going through this door. In fact, we're not to open it. Probably go right through that door to get to that treasure that's inside of there. 
Well, you know, the word of God has got treasures in it. That's why we search it. We search to, to find the treasures of God. You know, I'm going to tell you something. The greatest treasures in the world will be when we treasure the word of God more than anything else. When we do, we treasure the word of God. God, change our hearts. Lord, give us a love for the word of God. Give us a love for the living God, of course, a living word. But, Lord, give us a love for the word where we want to go shopping or hunting. But anyways, uh, 2 Peter 1, four. Peter says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, gold. Gold nuggets in there, gold coins in there. Whereby given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. And because it's by these, you may, might be partakers of the divine nature. See, don't I have the divine nature? Yeah, I already got the divine nature. But there's more. And there's more. For 1999, you know. But there's more. We do have the divine nature. But Peter's saying yes. But in these great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers, partaking of, you know, partaking of that divine nature that's already in you, you could say. And having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen? See, when we received Christ, we received the life of him. And it was, you know, imparted into our spirit. But there's something, when we begin to grab the precious promises of God, there's something that really begins to really move that life, I believe, that's inside of us. It says that we're made partakers, we're partaking. Look at it as, I'm, oh, I'm partaking, I'm partaking of that life that's inside of us. So it's so very important because it's so very important. That's, that's an amazing scripture. Whereby given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be made partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world. If we really want to see, know the, the living word in its fullness, we need to understand him in his written word. I like a couple quotes, a few quotes here from Smith Wigglesworth. I may not be quoting word for word, and most of you know Smith Wigglesworth, an amazing, tremendous man of God, healing like crazy. He'd go into a town, and a whole town would get converted. It was amazing ministry. But he said, many people try to know God by their feelings. When they feel God, they feel good or feel God is with them. When they don't feel God, they don't think God is with them. They're up and down. He, then he goes on to say, he says, you can't under, we can't understand God by our feelings. I understand God through the word of God. He is everything the word says he is. And then he said, get acquainted with God through the word of God. Okay? Get acquainted with God through the word of God. Okay, that's why the writer says in Proverbs 4, Attend to my words. Get acquainted with God's word. Get acquainted with the life of God. Okay? Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them. Keep our vision 
on Jesus. Keep looking at the written word so we can keep seeing who the living word is. Because Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. Amen. So the more we can feed on the word, the more we can learn to feed on the Lord. Come here. Come over here.